Lord be with you. And also with you. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn number 729, I Am Trusting Thee, Lord Jesus. Let us rise and we continue on page 184. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sins. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. 
upon this year confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. The Lord be with you. And spirit. Let us pray. O oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. Sunday in Lent are from the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 26. When Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets, and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be... Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant. And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord. 
and took their seats in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death, because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the words you have heard. Now therefore, mend your ways and your deeds, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will relent of the disaster that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will read responsibly the gradual. Oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The epistle is from Philippians chapters 3 and 4. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory and their shame with mindset on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body, by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory be to Thee, O Lord. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. 
We confess our faith by words of the Apostles' Creed on page 192 or in the back inside cover of your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. And at this time, we'd like to invite the children to come forward for a brief children's message. You know, you guys are like good Lutherans. You sit like as far away from the front as you can, you know? That's good. Good morning, boys and girls. How are you guys doing today? Good. You guys ready to get Elmo up this morning? Because I think he heard something that was rather interesting today. You guys ready? Here, you're hearing me. How you doing today? Boy, I gotta tell you, I was listening to that text out of Jeremiah and then the gospel lesson, you know, and I'm thinking, whoa, you know what? Boy, I gotta tell you, being a prophet and being somebody, you know, who's like preaching about Jesus and salvation, boy, can that be a dangerous job, and especially today. You know, hey, there's a new guy here. Whoa, do you think they're gonna kill him? Huh? Wow. Kind of like the new guy, like Jeremiah, he shows up and he's preaching and everything, you know. And then he's like, let's kill him, you know. And then like Jesus, oh man, whoa, boy, oh wow. Wow. Yeah. I I don't think we're going to kill the new guy today, are we? No. No way, Jose. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whoo, boy, because, you know... Man, that would be kind of rough, you know. Well, you know, Elmo, you know, today we, we do have a, a guest preacher. This is uh, Professor Reed Lessing, Dr. Lessing from the seminary. And, uh, you know, he's going to be delivering our message today. And, and we start learning that, you know, um, you know, various pastors come in sometimes and they preach the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Whoa! That is so cool. You know that? I mean, you know, even like when Jesus was doing that, you know, boy, they didn't like him for sure. You know, they were ready to kill him, you know. And so, boy, I got to tell you, you know, Elmo, I think we're kind of hooked on him killing somebody here today. But, you know, because sometimes the message they bring is not only the gospel, but they also bring the law that shows us our sins and everything. And then they proclaim the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. You know, today we'll hear both the law and gospel, you know, of who we are under sin and everything, and what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, one of those great reminders is what? That's up there above the altar. The cross, you're exactly right. It reminds us that Christ has died on the cross and paid the price for all of our sins. And on Easter, what took place? 
yeah. Yeah, He rose from the dead. That, that, you know, that He conquered death for us. That we too may have life everlasting and salvation. You know, sometimes people don't want to hear that message all the time. Or, and they kind of think they're going to do it on their own accord or, or do things of themselves, you know. But, you know, through the Scriptures and through preachers, we are always reminded that Christ has done everything for us. Hey, that is really awesome. Hey, I'm going to let you guys go, okay? We'll see you later. Bye. You know, you know, uh, Elmo was kind of worried here. But, you know, that's the message that we hear every Sunday is the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, that you know we are sinners and that He has paid the price for all of our sins. Let's pray, okay? Dear Jesus, You have come and brought to us the forgiveness of sins. Guide me each day even in the difficult situations, in the difficult situations, that the words that I speak and the actions that I do reflect Your mercy in my life. In Your name, I pray. Amen. You guys may return to your seats as we all prepare to sing our hymn of the day. You can touch Elmo.
Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's my pleasure to be with you this weekend at Mount Calvary in Ray, Colorado. Yesterday we were going through the book of Isaiah. I see several of my outstanding students out there in the congregation. Uh, from uh, the smallest, uh, the youngest, uh, right there in red hair, okay, uh, to uh, some of the older saints in the congregation. So thank you for uh, supporting uh, that seminar and coming out yesterday and being a part of it. I teach Old Testament at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. I've done that now for 14 years. But long ago in a faraway land, I was born and raised in a city west of here uh, called Denver. Uh, And I lived 18 years there. And then I've uh, been stuck in the Midwest for the last uh, 30 years or so. Uh, So it's great to be back in Colorado, albeit in the far eastern part of the state. And I would say you folks have mountains too out here, right? They're just a little shorter. Anyway, since we were talking about Isaiah yesterday, uh, and uh, I've actually written a couple books on Isaiah, it's probably right that I preach from Isaiah. Uh, And so we're going to unpack this verse from Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 31, uh, that our hymn uh, really uh, is based upon. For those who wait on the Lord, Isaiah says, they will renew their strength and they will soar like wings like eagles. So this is a warning. What you're about to hear is going to be a foul sermon. I mean a real foul sermon. I mean it's going to be so foul you're going to say, Reed Lessing, why don't you just drive back to Denver, get on a plane, and go back to the Midwest. It is going to be that foul. In fact, if we had red lights up there in the uh, choir loft, they would be going off right now saying, foul, foul, foul. Very, very foul sermon. But let me explain. Well, the foul I'm talking about isn't spelled F-O-U-L, right? You know what that foul is like. That foul is like baseballs that don't stay between the chalk lines, right? The umpire says what? Foul ball! That kind of foul, F-O-U-L, that is probably reserved for words that are less than becoming. He's got a what? Foul mouse! And that kind of foul is what we normally talk about this time of year when we're watching a basketball game. And we say, that was a foul on number 16. And he probably just fouled out. Alright? We're not talking about that kind of foul so much today. F-O-U-L. No, today it's F-O-W-L, as in, you guessed it, birds. Already I can hear some of you saying, this sermon is going to be for what? The birds! But hold on, don't go to sleep, don't check out yet, alright? Birds are 
actually used to make several points in the Bible. For example, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, God tells the Israelites, You saw how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. As God took his people Israel out of Egypt. He likens it to... A mother eagle taking the chicklets out of harm's way. Outside of the Old Testament, and and more in Isaiah's lifetime, an ancient Near Eastern king called Sennacherib boasts in an Assyrian text from the 8th century B.C. He says, you saw how I caged up Hezekiah, the Judean king, and put him in a cage like a bird. So Isaiah in chapter 40, verse 31, our text, he's addressing Israelites who knew of the Exodus eagle's steadfast love when he saw his people in Egypt and brought them out as on eagle's wings. Isaiah is also addressing people who knew the birdcage of captivity. Not Sennacherib in the Assyrians, that's in the 8th century B.C., but Isaiah in chapters 40 to 55, as all of my good students know by now, is addressing Judean exiles in the 6th century B.C. who are stuck like a bird in a cage in Babylon. So how did these Judeans who are receiving these 16 chapters in Isaiah 40-55, how did they end up like birds in a cage, trapped and stuck with no way out in Babylon? Let's just say that God's people had been dirty birds. Oh my, how dirty... Let's just say they had been vultures. You know what vultures are attracted to? What is decaying, decadent, and dead? Now, the high school mascot in Ray, Colorado would be the Ray what? Eagles. It's not the Ray vultures. That doesn't have a lot of sizzle to it, right? Vultures. Oh, well, you know vultures out in this part of Colorado, right? They are attracted to roadkill, right? It's disgusting. The people in Isaiah's day, we could liken some of them to vultures. They were attracted and mesmerized by what was decaying, decadent, and spiritually dead. For example, in chapter 5, verse 20 of Isaiah, Isaiah says that there are some people who are calling good evil and evil good, who are calling light darkness and darkness light, and are calling bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Get it? They're morally upside down. They look at something that's really good, and they say, oh, it's bad. Then they see something that's really bad, I mean really, really stinking, putrid bad, they say, oh, that's really good. That's what you call a vulture type of person. Oh, and they're hovering all around, aren't they? 
where I live in St. Louis, even in Ray, Colorado, these vulture-like types of people just attracted to what is so dead and disgusting in this world. Well, those are some people. Another reason why these Judeans were captive in Babylon in the 6th century B.C. is they had not been so much like vultures. Some had been like peacocks. Now we've got a world-class zoo in St. Louis. The St. Louis Zoo in Forest Park about a mile from where I live. And we go there just about every summer and we always see the peacocks. Peacocks are not humble types of birds, are they? Right? What do peacocks do? They walk around kind of saying, Look how beautiful I am. I'm God's gift to the universe. You know anybody like that? Sure you do. <laughs> sure you do. Sometimes we are that people, right? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 3 of Isaiah, he, he describes the women of Zion. And they're walking around with outstretched necks and flirting eyelids. They have all this great, beautiful jewelry on them. It's kind of like peacocks. Look at me! I'm so blasted, beautiful! Isaiah explains another person in chapter 14. And this person, he's a Babylonian king. And he says, I'm going to make myself like the Most High God. Well, that's the peacock kind of person. I mean, I'm almost as good as God. In fact, I'm so good I don't even need God. Years ago, there was a magazine that came out called Life. Now, life is big, right? That magazine could talk about anything. <laughs> well, well, then, several years later, there is a magazine that came out called People. Remember that People magazine? Still buy it. People. Now, now People isn't life. People is just what? People. <laughs> Not dogs and cats and birds. Just people. And then after that, there's a magazine that came out called Us. Us. See, it's not life, it's not people, it's not about them, it's about who? Us. And then, after that, a magazine came out called Self. <laughs> it's not about life, or people, or us, it's really, finally, just about who? Me. That's a peacock kind of person. Walking around strutting their stuff. I got the job. I got the house. I got the farm. I got the trophy wife. And I'm so much better than you are. Well, then there are other people in Isaiah's day. There's so much vultures or peacocks. Let's call them chickens. <laughs> chickens. My son raises chickens. He's a farmer. And you know what? Chickens don't fly very high, right? In fact, chickens can't fly at all. Chickens are content with the low life. Grubbing around for the worms. Oh, Isaiah explains one particular person. Very content with the low life. Grubbing around in the dirt. His name is Ahaz. We talked about Ahaz yesterday. I won't ask for a quick pop quiz from several of the seminar attendants. Aren't you glad? 
But remember Ahaz in Isaiah chapter 7. He has a real tough situation going on. There are enemies attacking. He's going to make a difficult decision. And Ahaz is like a chicken. He makes a deal with the Assyrian king, one Tiglath-Pileser III. And in doing so, Ahaz abandons the God of his life. Oh, and then there's one more kind of bird. A crow. A crow. Now you may not be a vulture, may not be a peacock, maybe you're not a chicken, but we all have something to crow about, right? After all, most of us are Lutherans, by the way, and we think crowing kind of comes as a carrying card privilege just because we're Lutherans. There's always something to crow about, right? My gosh, can't you do that better? Is that the best you can do? You are a sorry excuse for a human being. In the book of Isaiah, boy, they're crowing a lot. For example, in chapter 30, verses 15 and 16, they say to Isaiah the prophet, Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions. Stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Stop preaching the Word of God, Isaiah. It makes us just a little bit uncomfortable. Boy... They were pretty dirty birds, weren't they? Wow. You and I can be pretty dirty birds as well. Who's going to take the garbage out? Is that question ever asked in your family? Who's going to take the garbage out? You know, for about 15 years, no one asked that question in my family. You know why? Because I was the default, dutiful, trash taker-outer. I just did it. I just thought, well, someone's got to do it, I'll do it. But after about 15 years, I had had enough of taking out the trash. So I came up with this stellar idea, life-changing idea for my three children. I gathered them together, kind of cleared my throat to signal the seriousness of the situation. Children, I said, today is your day of destiny. Today you begin taking the trash out. I had it all figured out. Twelve-year-old Abby Joy would be on day one. Ten-year-old Jonathan Curtis would be on day two. And day three's trash would fall to little six-year-old Lori Beth Lessing. How did they respond, children? (laughs) Not with overwhelming shouts of joy. One day, our kitchen smelled a high, holy heaven. I couldn't believe it. So... These little darlings were at school, so I took the trash bag out from underneath the kitchen sink, tied it up, put it on the front porch for the little darlings to discover when they came home from school. Did it work? No, you're right. Yes, I have a witness. It never works. (laughs) Nothing seemed to work. Stretch just short of death didn't work. Who will take the garbage out? That question haunted us for months on end. 
Well, you're exactly right. <laughs> but you're ahead of me just a little bit. Who's going to take our garbage out? Who's going to take all of the trash out that we accumulate? Because you understand, whether we're vultures or peacocks or chickens or crows, we are dirty birds. Who's going to take the garbage out? Isaiah initially says he's a suffering servant. In chapter 42 of his book, he introduces the suffering servant. Isaiah says that this servant has God's spirit upon him to bring justice to the nations. In chapter 49, the second servant song, Isaiah says that this servant is going to bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. Doesn't matter how far away you are with all of your garbage, this servant can find you and clean you up. In chapter 50 of Isaiah, the third servant song, we begin to discover what it's going to cost the servant to take the garbage out. He says, I offered my back to those who beat me, my beard to those who would pull it out. He said, I didn't hide my face from mocking and spitting. And then in the climactic fourth servant song, beginning in chapter 52, 13, and running all the way through Isaiah 53, we see where this servant is so disfigured, Isaiah's words, that people had to hide their faces. He was disfigured more than people, Isaiah says. Why is that? Because he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. He willingly, humbly went into the Roman execution machine. He was pierced for our transgressions, Isaiah says. He was stricken by God, smitten by Him, afflicted by God. The punishment that brings us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, Isaiah says, this is 53 verse 5, we are healed. Now Isaiah can only tell us this is a suffering servant. Someone about three minutes right over there said, this person is Jesus. Spot on. Bingo. Grand slam. This is the only person who can take the garbage out. And how did he do it? Look again. That's what Lent invites us to do, right? Our gradual, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame. What's that all about? His lips are cracked and swollen. His mouth is so dry he can barely speak. They've already taken his back and made it into hamburger meat. That happened in a place called Gabbatha or Lithostratus. Both words mean stone pavement. And so there he is, hung up on Roman wood. Tight nerves threaten to snap as death pangs her morbid melody. His lips, his cheeks, his head are all caked in blood and sweat and spit. 
That's the person. And that's the sacrifice that takes my garbage out. John the Baptist put it classically in John 1 verse 29. Behold! You know what it means when people say behold in the Bible? (laughs) It means, wake up! This is important! Look right here! So John the Baptist says in John 1.29, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin and the stench of the world. That's who takes the garbage out for dirty birds like you and like me. And so Isaiah says, wait, right? Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings. No more vultures, peacocks, chickens, crows. They will soar on wings like what? Eagles. But you got to wait, Isaiah says. You understand that the eagles soar when they position themselves high upon a rock or a bluff outside of Ray, Colorado, and they wait for what? The wind. Oh, they wait for the wind. You see, the power is in the wind beneath their wings. Wait! Wait! We can't do it ourselves. We've tried by ourselves. It doesn't work. Jesus says as much. In the last chapter of St. Luke's Gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, Wait in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And ten days later, Luke tells us in Acts chapter 2, The Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. And these disciples were transformed and changed into eagle Christians. And the world has never been the same Again. So where's the wind blowing today? Don't you need a lift? Don't you want to get up from the grub and the worms and what's decaying and decadent and dead? Where is the wind? Jesus once told Nicodemus in John 3, The wind blows where it wills. Well, where's the wind blowing? Oh, We know, don't we? We know God's wind, God's Spirit is moving and blowing where the Word of God is read, believed upon, the Gospel is preached, baptism is celebrated, and the body and blood of Jesus are received in repentant faith. Just there, in word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit is working and blowing and lifting and freeing people from captivity all in the name of Jesus. And what's the result? What's the result where you and I get where the wind is rushing? Well, I dare say it's going to be a foul life. Is it going to be a really foul church? A very foul pastor right here. Okay. (laughs) Very foul professor. See, when, when Christians dare to believe the promises of Jesus, they're just going to be really foul. 
a foul marriage, foul children. That is the foulest family, but you know by now we're not talking F-O-U-L. This is F-O-W-L. And not just any old foul, but eagles. Did you know that eagles have the best eyesight of any bird? You probably know that, right? That's why God tells Job in Job chapter 38 that the eagle spots its food and detects it from afar. An eagle can spot a rabbit, a rabbit, okay, from two miles away. Transformed by the grace of God. You and I are given spiritual eyesight. The Hebrew writer says this of mighty Moses. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Say again. Moses persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You know what that's like because you're in church. You have seen that in your own lives. You've seen God at work in a relationship, in a church, in a broken dream. You have seen God work. You have persevered because you see Him who is invisible. That's an eagle Christian. Christians don't have great spiritual eyesight, just like eagles. Also like eagles... These types of Christians are committed. Do you know that eagles are the most committed of all birds? Do you know that eagles mate for life? Do you know that eagles are so committed to their children that God could tell Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32 that the mother eagle hovers over its young. (laughs) Alright? Like a helicopter. Alright? Teaching them how to fly. Eagle Christians are committed people. That's why Paul could write at the end of his life, 2 Timothy 4 verse 6, what a verse. I have fought the good fight, I finished the course, I kept the faith. Oh, Eagle Christians can see God at work when others can't see Him at all. Oh, that was coincidence or or luck or happenstance. Oh no, we see the hand of God. Eagle Christians are committed and eagle Christians stay alive. Psalm 103 verse 3. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Do you know that every morning the eagle gets up and preens his feathers or her feathers? Why is that? He or she looks in the mirror and says, Oh my gosh, what happened? (laughs) Right? The the feathers stick together. So you got to preen them every morning if you're an eagle. And every morning the eagle secretes a liquid from its mouth that gets the eagle ready to go through storms and rain. This liquid waterproofs the feathers. So get this, every morning, the eagle is steamed, cleaned, and waterproofed. (laughs) So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, how lent is the time for renewal. 
for restoration to put a spring in our step, a song in our mouth. Right? Paul puts it this way at the end of 2 Corinthians 4. Outwardly we are wasting away. I get that. <laughs> but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That's an eagle Christian. Some one who is renewed and alive and fresh and ready to go for the name of Jesus. No wonder when the proverb writer, Proverbs chapter 30, considers all of these beautiful traits of eagles. He says, three things are too wonderful for me. Four things I don't even understand. And what's the first of the seven miracles that the proverb writer lists? The way of an eagle in the sky. Isn't that amazing, brothers and sisters? By God's grace, who takes out our garbage in Jesus Christ, we are no longer vultures or peacocks or chickens and we quit crowing about everything. No. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If you are in Christ, how do you get in Christ? You believe that He is the Lamb of God who takes your sin away. It's that simple. It's that beautiful. If you are in Christ, Paul says, you are a new creation. Behold, the old is gone. The dirty bird is gone. The new has come. And all of this, Paul goes on to say, is from God, who in Christ has reconciled us to Himself. It's not by might. It's not by my power that I'm going to soar on wings like eagles. It is by God's Holy Spirit who is breathing and blowing just now so that you and I on this very day can claim the promise of Isaiah chapter 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings <laughs> like eagles. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing the offertory with me. are gathered.
Let us rise. We continue with the blessing of the vestments. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, when he established his presence among his people, the Lord commanded Moses to clothe the priests in garments to reflect not their worthiness, but his glory, saying, You shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. And you shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him, and shall anoint them and ordain them and consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. Therefore it is fitting that these garments be sanctified by the word of God. God and of prayer. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. O Lord, you have revealed your Son in glory and in beauty, and have washed us in his blood and clothed us in his righteousness. We implore you to sanctify these stoles for use in the services of your house. Grant by your grace that those who wear these stoles may be faithful servants to the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless these stoles. Amen. We continue with the prayers of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, each according to their needs. Almighty and merciful Father, you alone are the one that carries us throughout our days and brings to us your comfort and peace in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the reception of your sacraments. We implore you, Lord, that you be with those who are unable to attend church for various reasons, and we pray especially for our shut-ins. Elizabeth Welp, June Jensen, Harry Eckberg, Robert Paraset, Lillian Peters, Bonnie Davison, Bonnie Canise, and Vi Wall. Lay your hand upon each of these people, your servants, giving them peace and comfort throughout their days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, you are the author of life and the author of life everlasting through your Son, Jesus Christ. As you gather us this day, Lord, we implore you to be with the family of Esther Schlickenmeyer, whom you called to eternal glory last night. Lay your hand upon her family. Give them comfort in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, by which you have given to us the forgiveness of sins unto life everlasting. Lift each of us up and strengthen our faith throughout these days. Lord, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father of all mercies, you are the one who is the great physician, and through you comes all healing, both spiritually and physically. We implore you, Lord, that you be with those who, who are hospitalized and have been hospitalized over the last few days. We pray especially for Joe Hart, who is recovering from a stroke, Barb Fisher, who is hospitalized with respiratory complications, Jennifer Kowalke, who is undergoing surgery today for gall 
gallbladder, and also that you be with Harley Witte, who was in the emergency room last night with complications from diabetes. Lay your hand upon each of these people, grant to them health and recovery, give them strength, but above all, strengthen their faith at the foot of your cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, you are the one who brings healing to your people. We implore you again, Lord, that you be with Gary Adler, the father of Brent Adler, who is wrestling with health issues and difficulties. Give to him strength and peace. Give to him restoration, that as he waits continued treatments, that your hand is upon him, and that he is always aware of your everlasting presence and your guidance. Give to the doctors and the nurses who work with him your wisdom, that they may correct what is wrong, and that he can continue to be a bold and faithful confessor of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Good and gracious Father, you are the one who watches over your people at all times and in all places. You protected your people as they fled out of Egypt into the promised land. And today we ask, Lord, that you be with those who are traveling. Send your guardian angels to watch over and protect them. Make your presence aware in their travels that no harm comes their way. And that at the end of their travels, they may again be with their families, rejoicing in the gifts that you have given to them. We ask also that you be with those who serve in the armed forces, and we pray especially for Jordan Stober, who is serving in the Air Force. Send your angels again to watch over him, protect him, so that no harm comes his way, and that as he serves his country, that he is lifted up and that he is directed as you desire. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lay all of these prayers before you, plus those which are upon our hearts, as you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Continue with the salutation and benedictimus on page 201. Mm, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 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 You may be seated for our closing hymn.
dismiss us with your blessing. Fill our hearts with joy and peace. Let us each your love possessing, triumph in redeeming grace. Oh, refresh us, oh, refresh us. We give and adoration for your gospel's joyful sound. May the fruits of your salvation in our hearts and lives abound. Ever faithful, ever faithful to your truth, may we be found. Savior, win your love shall call us from our struggling pilgrim way. Let not fear of death appall us, glad your summons to obey. May we ever, we ever reign with you in endless days. No, no, you stay right here. We'll, we'll greet some of the people. We have a little um, shake of hands down here. The Lord be with you, and also with you. 